Hello everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood editor here. Today is the first week of a re-release of our six-week 5e playtest from way back in 2015. Some of you may have been listeners back then, many of you may have not. Either way, we all hope you enjoy this short flashback as your favorite podcast editor takes a much-needed hiatus. One thing before we start... You may notice that there have been some pretty big changes for one of our members since 2015. Some of you have listened to this podcast long enough to have been here for the metamorphosing of Aaron, our fair trans, the Roe virus. Some of you may not have. But let us graciously and gracefully remember that while our past is always a part of who we've become today, who we are today is not the us of our past. This is, of course, particularly true for our trans friends and relatives, and it is our privilege and joy to be ever mindful and respectful in how we use names and pronouns to address others, always remembering that the present definitively supersedes the past, regardless of the relics we choose to keep around. And with that firmly in mind, I hope you will enjoy this silly adventure complete with boats and, as you've come to expect, I'm sure, some fire. There's always some fire. You hear a rustling from your phone. It catches you by surprise. Does a 22 hit your will defense? Yeah. You're immobilized for an hour and it forces you to listen to itself. You are now listening to that D&D podcast. I drove my ass out to a um, my local friendly local gaming shop that I never go to because they're neither friendly nor all that local. Actually, they're pretty local. But um, I was like, "Hey, give me this thing that I want," and they were like, "Lol, we can't give that to you." I was like, "Excuse me, why not?" I wanted the thing. Well, you can use it for in-store play only. We won't sell it until Tuesday. Fuck you! It says in the Blizzard the Watsy website that you'll sell it. Well, they told us that we can't sell it. Actually, it's like, well. If if the website says it's available for purchase, then it's available for purchase. There's no different street date than what the website says, right? They told me that they would not sell it until Tuesday, and that if I wanted to use it, I'd have to use, I'd have to run a game for in-store play. And then the unwashed savages looked up at me and said, "Please." I whispered, "No." <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are all set. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Mike J. Darkson Berard. You may remember me from such things as that D and D podcast. Um, also, our forthcoming That Apocalypse podcast, which uh, is not in the can yet. Um, this is a one-shot um, of D&D Next, also known as 5th Edition. Um, here, we are going to be looking at the new 5th Edition rule set. We're going to be running through a mini-adventure that I threw together myself. And um, we're going to super have a good time. Um, so we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. I'm going to use the alphabetical order and the mumble list because I'm a lazy asshole. So uh, from the top, it's Adam. Oh god, what do I say? Um, Hi, I'm Adam, and I'm playing I, X, the monkey of doom. Oh, okay, yes, I changed my character, sure. Uh, yes, I'm Adam, um, I'm playing a Brother Thom, uh, a cleric of not much renown, but of strong convictions. I don't know what else you want. That's perfect. Who's next? Good deal. Uh, I'm David. And I'm next after Adam on the list. <laughs> That's right. Go, do not pass go. Go directly to jail. <laughs> Let's try that again. Uh, hi, I'm David, and I am playing Marcus, a humble innkeeper turned fighter who is asked by his local noble to join the fight after he bravely captured some spies from the enemy kingdom. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm. Kaplar, uh, playing the role of Flint Firefist. Now, Iron Fist, yeah, Intelligence 6, forgot how to read my own last name. Uh, playing <laughs> a, a previous employee of the Temple Guard, and I've been sent out to help kill demons. Spoiler. 
All right, outs. Cool, sorry, I don't see the list. Hi, I'm Andrew Away. I'll be playing Faz the Fantastic, a wizard with a pretty strong moral code, so that should be a fun change of pace. All right, so I guess I'm next. Uh, my name's Chris. If you're on the forums, my name is The Road Virus. I am playing Varen Sticky Gust Runner. Uh, he is uh, a wood elf, reskinned to be a human. Uh, he is a rogue of moderate ability. Uh, he was recently caught and uh, thrown in prison, and he was offered freedom in exchange for working for the military. So as much as he hates being beholden to anybody, he would much rather uh, do some dirty work outdoors than rot in a cell. The next step is Greg. All right. All right, so uh, I'm Greg. Uh, I'm Zombie Hero on the forums, and uh, I am playing Florf, a mountain dwarf that is uh, Charisma 5, Intelligence 7, dumb, ugly uh, guy who wanted to be a cleric but was too stupid to read. So uh, he uh, defended them, and like, I guess... Uh, Kaplar's character um, was sent to fight demons because he was more useful there. So, all right. Um, yeah, I introduced myself as uh, the dwarf. That's awesome. Uh, so, <clears throat> a little bit about the background setting. We are playing uh, in a world that I, I ripped from a manga series that I like. Um, this is a. Uh, we all take this. Uh, the game opens in the kingdom of Midland. Midland has been ravaged by war for the last hundred years. Uh, between it and its neighbor, um, I have to pull up my fucking notes now. Chewster or something like that? Chewter. Chewter. Uh, yes, it's uh, local naval neighbor Chewter. Wage bloody war to control the continent for the last hundred years. Um, through uh, cunning and deception and uh, the work of a few strong heroes, um, Midland was able to turn the tide of the war beat back the Cheater invasion, and uh, get peace for the first time in 100 years. They were able to negotiate a settlement of the conflict. Um, unfortunately, the flagging health of the king, and the fact that the populace was already war-weary, and uh, its levies ravaged, um, the southern empire uh, of Kushan to the south decided that now would be the perfect time to come and attack this kingdom. Of Midland, so uh, the Kushan ships rolled up. Their armies belched forth into the land and are beating back the weary and oppressed Midland troops. So uh, King Charles has decided to implement a uh, forced labor initiative, which means that um, all any and all able-bodied people may be uh, pressed into service, either on in the navy or in the army or anywhere that they see fit. Uh, additionally, the um, religion, religious faction, the Holy which is somewhat analogous to the Church of the Holy Ages, or sorry, the uh, Dark Ages, <clears throat> has relaxed their restriction on witchcraft and said that uh, all sinful acts would be forgiven as long as those actions were done towards uh, repelling the invaders. And uh, they've basically said that it's kind of like a holy war at this point. They said that um, anyone who worships the hand of God needs to take it upon themselves to uh, fight the infidels, beat them back, and... Uh, Beat their heathen ways out of them. Uh, Crush the heretics. So the scene opens up on a dock in uh, a southern port town that I did not record the name of. It doesn't really matter. Um, all are here because they're loading up onto some boats. Uh, the dock is crowded. Uh, it's messy with all sorts of people from all walks of life. Old men, uh, young people kids that have barely had their chance to sh first chance to shave anybody that they could find that could feasibly wield a spear or a pitchfork um, or had any sort of um, something to add to the war effort has been herded down to these local docks and being bonded onto ships. Um, uh, so if you can see in the background here, I put a little po port image for you, uh, something similar. Uh, you're being jostled back and forth as uh, you're being pushed onto boats. Um, one thing about this world is that uh, it is very low fantasy at this point. Uh, we're just beginning to see the uh, the rise of magic and the unknown. Seems to have come with the Kushan invaders, perhaps, or perhaps it is something else that has happened recently. But um, 
things that were before mentioned only in shadows have seemed to be coming out into the light. Um, when you look around you, all the faces are humans, old, young men, women, but they're all human. Normally I would give you all a chance to introduce yourselves in character and play with that. Oh, that's what the, we didn't, we didn't talk about yet. Did any, is everyone happy with their characters or do you want to go over the character creation rules real quick? Oh, this is a bad time to say that we didn't make a character? No, this would be the perfect time to say that you didn't make a character. <laughs> yeah, now is your last chance to say that you didn't make a character. It's the best chance. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have this skill. It's called, uh... I'm a dinosaur. I think I'm good. Uh, no, it's totally on my sheet. No, I'm... It's I'm, my uh, background. No, it's... Mine. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I think I've got everything done. I'm a fighter, so I don't have a very complicated sheet. I'm half a Velociraptor on my mother's side. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a Hebrew iguana. I think this is most people's first yeah. edition. Anything like I have eleven AC and seven health. Yeah, this is my first fifth edition character, and I really feel like I'm gonna die, even though the fact that I'm the tank. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, you'll die. I think just the mere fact that we're basically doing fantasy Normandy makes me feel like we're gonna die. Yeah, um, that's not a bad description of what's going on. Uh, you'll 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 get there eventually, but uh, so it, just fireballs peppering the desert as soon as we land. <laughs> Dragons and Demon Day. Yes, the D and D Day stands for demon. <laughs> On the bright side, there's going to be a lot of other cannon fodder with us. Yeah, so this is 5th edition. Um, this is my first time DM, uh, DMing a 5th edition game. I am more comfortable with uh, story games. I like running Edge of the Empire and uh, Age of Rebellion, Star Wars, Apocalypse World, Monster Hearts, that sort of thing. I am good at that. It's a little harder for me to do things like fancy counter setup, so... Uh, this is going to be a little bit of seat of our pants, and I apologize if it's a little weird. Hey, it's a learning experience for all of us, and also I just want to say I appreciate you taking the time to bash your head against this whole setup for our enjoyment. Right. I appreciate you. I noticed you, Senpai. Squeeze! I thought you were just going to end that sentence that I appreciate you. Um. So yes, we all have characters, yeah? Yeah. I'm a wizard, so that means I win, right? Um, is there any questions about how 5th edition works? I figure we will ask questions as they come up. So, uh, my favorite way to do a thing is to do a thing. The bosun behind you shouts an order and pushes people onto the ship. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll say the first ship um, sails off and the next ship in line sails into the harbor. Starts prodding people aboard with the uh, end of his pike, uh, none too kindly in the back. Um <clears throat> The uh, ship that you're going to get on is a... I don't fucking know what it's called. We'll call it a... No, sloop is probably wrong. Dear people that are into the Navy. Navy ships. Transport? Uh, schooner. Well, that's a schooner. That sounds technical, and then it's actually nothing vaguely related to what we want. All right, it's a two-mast schooner with uh, four cannons up and along either side, one of the chaser in the bow, and uh, a couple barrels in the stern. Um you're prodded aboard, and you can see that the uh, the sunken eyes of the crew shows that they've had no um, no sleep recently. And uh, there's a man standing by the wheel who is dressed in finery, has a cocked hat that's uh, and an outfit that's worse for the wear. It's a naval uniform, uh, slashed several times. Uh, you can see old wounds and new wounds more recently healed. Um, and he doesn't say a word to any of you as you're prodded on board. Um, before you know it, uh, the deck seems to be mostly filled with dirty, war-weary people, or dirty, uh, haggard, uh, not particularly fighty-worthy people, except for a few differences here and there, a few people that seem like they can hold their uh, hold their own in a combat. And uh, the captain shouts, uh, full sails, catch the wind, or something fancy nautical. I apologize, I didn't get a chance to... That was the background shit that I was supposed to prep today, is got all those fancy pirate lyrics and shit like that. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, the captain makes the order, and uh, the crew pulls the ropes, and the sails drop down and catches the wind and sails out of the harbor in line with the five ships in front of you and who knows how many behind. Um, this time that you realize you're well and truly fucked. 
So, uh, and then the ship sinks. It gets about gets about ten feet out of the dock and just blub blub blub. <laughs> yeah, so you you run into a underground thing. Your ship goes aground. There's a hole in the hull. Strength check to keep from dying. Oh, good. I've got negative two of that. <laughs> All the tanks get out and hold the ship up. The important ones need to live. Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we actually rolling uh, strength checks? Not quite yet, so I do have a reason for that. So, um, as uh, you make your way deeper and out farther into sea, um, the ships tend to spread out a little bit. Uh, different ships have different hull depths and different better sails. Your ship seems to be one of the better appointed ones and catches up and passes the fourth one in line. Um, before you know it, uh, night is beginning to fall, and the other passengers... Uh, passengers, I use the term loosely, the other people forced into service. Some of them lay down on the deck, some of them uh, weep openly, and a few try to go below decks to find a place, a nook or cranny that's not being used for falling goods or cannonballs or powder uh, to find a place to rest. Um, the uh, the captain, you must assume that he's a captain by, based upon his fancy hat. He's the fanciest hat there. Uh, I cast my illusion to make myself a fancier hat. Then you're thrown overboard. Pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, are any of you good for anything? Um, I... <laughs> I look at him, what you need, boss? <laughs> no, next person. You, he points at uh, the strongest lot, the strongest one of you, the bunch looks the strongest. Um, probably... Probably my character, Marcus. Marcus. Because he's he's built like a innkeeper from the Middle Ages, you know, like a brick shit house. And uh, he, looks, he looks like he carries hundred pound barrels all day. Yeah, he points at both uh, Marcus and Flint. He says, "You two, grab this line and pull as hard as you can." Uh, and he points to uh, one of the ropes that is fastened nearby. Uh, so now, one of the things that in D and D next is that uh, instead of um, like attack rolls and that sort of thing. Everything is a type of a ability check. So in this case, I'm going to ask you guys to do an athletics check. Um, now, does anyone need a quick explanation? You know, fuck it, I'm explaining it. Fuck you, I'm explaining it. So an athletics check is a type of skill check called a strength check. So you take a 1d20, you roll that, you add your strength modifier to it, and then if you're proficient in the skill, you add your proficiency bonus. Which I think is plus 2. At first level, it's plus 2. Okay, so I think I think I did the math then for my skills correctly, because I am trained in athletics, and I have a plus three bonus to strength, so I have a plus five to my athletics checks. Yes. So go ahead and. Okay, so I will one d twenty plus five to haul on these ropes. Then I'll do the same with a plus six. Ooh! <laughs> oh. Oh, and I rolled a natural one. Okay, so um, <laughs> in 5th edition, um, there's uh, difficulty checks. I uh, have uh, every five points is a difficulty check, so the trip will be DC 5 and easy would be DC 10, so enough to be near impossible of 35. Um, things don't get to... Uh, proficiency professes, uh, progresses slower, so the inflation is less. Uh, the point is, is that this would, uh, would have been... In, an easy check, which would be DC 10. Um, Flint, you make that with a 13, so you grab the rope nearest to you, you haul down, and you can feel the wind catch the sail under your fingers as the ship leaps forward. Um, Marcus, you do the same thing, but uh, maybe you've got some grease on your hands or whatever, but you go to grab the rope, it slips right through your fingers, giving you a nice little burn in your hands. And, uh, Hor, if you're close enough that you could grab the rope to keep it from whipping away, do you want to give that a try? Yes, I do. All right, give me a dexterity check. Yeah, I think I think I actually I like slip on some water and actually fall down, and the rope slides out of my hands as I fall. That's a perfect description. I'll take one d six; it kills you. And twist around your neck as I start to pull. <laughs> Faz generates like the comedy <laughs> noise with a uh, with um, minor illusion. Greg, you've. Fifteen, very nice. It was a dexterity. This one was dexterity. Catch her up. Yeah. 
So the difference between a skill check, for example, athletics or whatever, is you can add your proficiency to it. Which regular skill um, ability check, you just read, add your ability modifier. In this case, Greg's was two. For Horf, Horf, you have no problem catching the rope out of air, yanking it downward, and uh, the ship the ship stops listing a little bit to the right and gets back on course. He nods appreciatively and gives uh, Marcus a bit of a stink eye. Um, he says, uh, you better get your sea legs before too long here, lad. But, uh, that, uh, whatchamacallit, accent, by the way, is dedicated to Chris, master of accents. What? Listen to our podcast, it's awesome. I think you're mocking me. You're, you're so good at accents, Chris. Why would we ever make fun of you for your unsurpassed skill? I just slightly deepen a voice, and that's a different accent. We never know what, what accent we're going to get next with you. Well, that's why that's why it's Dungeons and Dragons because then you don't have to do a real accent because right. it's fantasy. That's why we keep coming back, Chris. Those are the two uh, main ways of interacting with the world. You either do a skill check or an ability check. Uh, next off is Baron. What are you doing while this other stuff is going on on the boat? That's you, Chris. <laughs> oh shit! It is. Sorry. I'm not used to I'm not used to this guy's name yet. Um, so while they're doing that, uh, Varen is still kind of pissed off about the whole deal he's gotten. So um, I think he'd be looking around the ship for some easy marks uh, that he may be able to pickpocket. Varen, you notice you notice behind you there's a an unguarded door, and this door is fancier than the door the door the port in the porthole in the uh, bottom of the ship that goes into the blow decks. This one looks mm-hmm. like it might go to the captain's cabin. Ooh, do you find this intriguing? Oh, definitely. Would you like to try to resist going to the captain's cabin, or are you just gonna walk on in? Um, I'm gonna you know take a quick glance around and see if there's anybody watching, and then try the the door handle or whatever means of entry there is to the captain's cabin. You want to make a perception check, or you just want to walk on in? Um, let's do perception. All right, so go ahead and roll perception. Do you understand how that works? Yes. Uh, my wisdom is crap, but I am proficient in it, so I get a plus two, and I roll a nine. Okay, so that would be great if it was a trivial check, but unfortunately, this was not a trivial check. Um, great. The good news about that is that uh, you don't see the captain glancing sidelong at you as you enter his cabin. Um, the captain's cabin is actually. Uh, pretty Spartan. Uh, there's a bed bolted to the floor. There's a chest uh, directly uh, in between at the foot of the bed. And then there is uh, a captain's table with a map, a sextant, and the other uh, spyglass. Sort of the accoutrements needed to captain a ship. Big ledger book as well. If there's anything of valuable, it would be... <laughs> yes, the sextant. <laughs> it would be, uh, it'd be, it'd be uh, contained in the chest. Okay. Um, well, luckily, I managed to buy some thieves' tools, so I'm going to see if I can quickly uh, get that chest open. You uh, you go down to uh, open your bag of thieves' tools, and all of a sudden, you feel a cuff on the back of your head. So, um, Did that son of a bitch punch me? Yes, you're going to make a constitution save. Oh, good. This is where we go over the drowning rules. <laughs> Death rules. Yeah. Uh, so, sixteen. Booyah. Good. Okay. So the way that saves work is they're just like a they're basically like an attack with your ability, but different classes have different proficiencies and different saves. So it's kind of like skills, kind of like saving throws. In fourth edition, it's sort of like fortitude, reflex, will sort of thing. Um, so Chris, in this case, um, you pass your Constitution check um, or your Constitution save. Captain grabs you by your ear, hauls you out of his head, and says, stay out of my cabin, lad, or I'll be uh, keel-hauling you before the day's over, before the night's through. Fine. Just trying to find a place to sit down. Sit down there, and he points to a coil of rope Ties next to, the to a cannon. I'm going to not like sit in the coil of rope. I'm just going to kind of you know sit off to the side. He won't even let me into the sex tent. He glances at all of you, and he uh, points at uh, Marcus and Varen and says, Keep an eye on those two. I wouldn't want uh, the rest of you lot falling in with their kind. And uh, he goes back up to the uh, forecastle. I have no idea what the fuck a forecastle is, but it sounds awesome. 
Are you just making up terms? It's when you have more than three castles. That's where four Bowser lives. Yeah. Uh, he goes back up to the forecastle and uh, watches over the sea. Um, darkness begins to fall, and uh, as I assume that you guys begin to get a little... Oh, so let's talk about sleeping. Do you want to set up a watch? I cast light such that it illuminates the ship, but I try to obfuscate the fact that it comes out of... But that, that's like me that's casting, that you're it. casting it. So, um... Yeah. Slide of the hand, deception. What did you say? <laughs> so if enemies are looking for ships, they'll only see ours? <laughs> yes. Uh, Andrew, give me deception. That's it. It's sexy, also I'm proficient in that. <laughs> Even sexier. That's fine. Oh, God um, it's, it. yeah, no one's really paying attention to you. This is first level. Uh, so you're able to disguise the fact that you're casting a spell, and uh, you light up the whatever you want, like one of the main sails or whatever, so do everybody can see things? Yeah, sort of halfway up the main okay. mast or something. Uh, the captain's not looking behind us, so he doesn't notice. Uh, yeah, by the way, uh, Marcus is going to try and distance himself from Varen because he does not want to be associated with a person of ill character like that. I just wanted a place to sit. I just wanted somewhere to sit. So, um, time passes. The night darkens, uh, and it seems like you remember... Of all your days in the villages on the mainland, uh, stars in the sky, uh, wherever you wanted. But it seems like out on the water, shouldn't there be more? There are fewer stars. In fact, there are none. The night is as still and as black as an inky Except pool. Except for all the light. <laughs> Except for all the light. Thank you, Andrew. It's as still as black as an inky pool with a spotlight shine down. A candle in the dark. Yep, ruining your poetry since 2014. <laughs> so you guys could take a rest or extended rest if you wanted to, uh, but I'm assuming that some of you want to stay up for a watch. So we're going to go from left to right in the order that I see here. So Adam, we're going to start off with perception for you. i got to figure that out. Hold on. What do your elf eyes see? It's wisdom. Oh yeah, whoops. Sorry. A ten! Spot the raiders. Of the Lost Ark. Hey, an ark is a boat. I was about to say, and their lost ark. Exactly. It all fits together. <laughs> oh my god, we've cracked the code. You hear the uh, the slapping of the water against the hull of the boat. Um, this is the first boat that you've been on, I assume? Yeah, it probably would be. Yeah, this is um, Adam playing... As well, it's Thaum. Um, yeah, the water laps almost pleasantly against the boat repeatedly. I think he said it was pronounced Tom, if I'm correct. Tom. Tom. All right. Tom, sorry. Tom Diddle. Uh, Foz, Mr. Fantastic, I would like you also to make a perception check. Oh, boy. Rolling dice, Indeed. what I'm best at. Yeah. Holy shit. Modifier not needed. So you here... Um, uh, tell me a little bit about your character. I'm, I'm blanking hey, out. He's the spy who's a wizard. Spy yeah. master, right? Right. So I'm well versed in the uh, the sound of a knife unsheathing in the dark and the sound of a cold steel sliding into flesh. You're fairly certain you hear uh, some sort of skulking going on below decks. I'm going to use Minor Illusion, which is one of my cantrips, which is basically like ghost sound and the illusion portion of prestidigitation all lined up into one, which is kind of handy. Although prestidigitation still exists. So I'm basically just going to use ghost sound to make a really fucking loud, like, klaxon, basically. Cool. Alright, um... The, uh... A klaxon rings out, louder than any you've heard, echoing across the water, uh, the still water, and, uh, jolting all of you awake. Uh, the captain turns from where he had slumped against one of the masts and shouts, What's the meaning of this? And up from the, uh, the holes under the, in the hold, and up from our, uh, the side of the deck, swarms dozens of tiny creatures with beady eyes and teeth like razors. Oh my. Their, uh, their skin is slick, and their faces look like sharks. They have no hair, and their grasping hands reach out to touch you. <laughs> yes, they are carnivorous sea monkeys. 
Sweet. All right, so roll for initiative. Is that just dex mod? Yeah. I will move seven times before you move, Bobby. I got a rock. Ooh. I got a pretty good one. 21, too. nice. I got a three. <gasps> it's water. Blackjack. Marcus is ready to take his anger out on some sea monkeys. Carnivorous seamen. It's like, I've had a bad day, and you're going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have um, tokens ready quite yet, unfortunately. So Token. Yeah. That's fucking terrible. Um, we can each just make a little box or whatever. Idgaf. Yeah, I'm just, it won't let me create uh, add them to the turn order thing without an actual... Well, I'm last, if that helps. I think if you look in the um, the art asset library thing they got, you could probably just be like, Rogue, first one of those. Wizard, first couple of those. Perfect. Adam, what, you, uh, what is Thum playing? What is Thum? He's a Hell Dwarf kind of guy. Cleric. Cleric. Sorry. I like how clerics are like the super perceptive ones. Helps the wisdom, but... Because of the wisdom. But the spy master and, is... And the spy master is like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, my rogue is terrible at perception, which kind of sucks, because, you know, you want to have, have good eyes on stuff. Uh, Andrew, you're playing a uh, wizard? Yes, I am. Chris, you're playing a rogue, right? Yes, sir. And um, Marcus is a fighter type? Yes, he is. Um, Greg, is uh, Horf also a fighter type? Yeah, he is. Bobby. Character I remember for some reason. Fighter. Hey, you guys are adding your initiative. Good job. Last but not least. You guys should uh, get your names put in on your characters on initiative. I can only see my name. I don't know if that's... Oh, okay. So we can all see our own names. Okay. If you double-click the icon, Mike, you can make it where the name is visible to everybody, but really, as long as the person can see their own name to know that they're up, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Okay. As long as we know who we are. Alright, so I apologize for that taking so long. Six of these things come boiling up out of the decks, uh, while one attacks the... Uh, several attack the captain, and others attack the other pirates. Are, excuse me, sailors up on the deck. Uh, six of them come your way, charging forward. Um, Baron, you are the... F- yeah, they they have a writ from the king. That means they're privateers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actual privateers, not pirates, I swear. Uh, We're totally not pirates. Uh, Varen, you are the first person um, to go on my campaign. So, Varen, uh, you are already on your feet when you see the first sign of trouble uh, between Foz's clanging light. Uh, I'll just yell at you now, your character. What are you doing? Um, well... So, do you understand how turns work in 5th edition? Yes. Well... Good, if you pretend it's 4th edition, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah, I was about to say, because uh, it didn't say anything in there about, like, move actions, but I figured you could move and act at the same turn. Um, all right, so I'm here. So in 5th edition, you can move up at your speed, which is probably 30 feet. 35. Um, and you may uh, take any or all of that at once. So if you want to move 5 or 10 or 15, then attack, and then move the other rest of it, you can. You don't have to have a special action for that anymore. Interesting. I like that. But moving out of their range if I attack and run would provoke an opportunity attack, right? Basically. Okay, well, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to stand where I am, uh, call this one directly across from me, an ugly son of a bitch. You said I can pull out a short bow and see if I could plant one in between his, an arrow in between his eyes, not my bow. I want to hold on to that. Oh, man, that'd be really funny if you just, like, whipped your short bow at his face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you roll a one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hold it the wrong way, and then I let go of the back end, and it just flings it at him. <laughs> you're holding the arrow, and you, like, grip onto the, the arrowhead really tight, and it does a point of damage to you. Alright, so, uh, yeah. Ugly son of a bitch, and I rolled a nine uh, against AC, which I am relatively sure will not hit. No? Okay, I figured as much. I'm going to uh, hide my shame by taking a step further back. Uh, the creature brings up its uh, a uh, 
a large shell that has strapped to its arm. Kind of cowers behind it, but he didn't need to. The arrow goes well wide. Marcus, you're up. Okay. Um, I can move and take an action. I believe it takes an action to put a shield on. No, that's an incident. It's probably an incidental part of movement. I'm, I'm trying to find where that actually was listed in the PDF. Thunder I remember rules. reading that earlier today. It, to don a shield, it is one action. Is it an action? To doff a shield, it is one action, yeah. Fine, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. It'd be, it'd, be, sorry. it'd be too easy for the players if they could just put their shields on for no... It you would know. be too easy for the fighters. Right. You're missing a key distinction. Okay, well, Marcus, Marcus has been wearing his armor on the ship because he wasn't sure exactly when they were going to be going off, but he didn't have his shield strapped on his arm, so he straps the shield on his arm and draws his sword... Or his war pick, excuse me. He has a war pick because swords require training. Um, and I guess he will move forward just a little bit to try and hopefully draw some of these nasty sea monkey goblin things before they try and attack the squishier people. Yeah, so that that uh, that distance is just relative. Don't worry about it being actual ten okay. feet or whatever. Well, he's just he's st- taking a few steps forward, basically, yeah. with his weapon and shield readied. All right, the uh, shark-like tiny humanoids surge forward. Oh, um, what's that? I'm just exclaiming that they're shark-like. That's bad. I thought they were sea monkeys. Yelp. Sea monkeys are, like, cute. Sharks have teeth and are nasty. So think of they're halfling, carnivorous sea monkeys. Think of halfling-sized humanoid sharks. Okay. Like, I have a per- they're, I, like, I actually they're have, like piranha men. I have a very good imagination, so I wish I could draw what I think they look like, because they're terrifying. <laughs> um, Marcus, for stepping forward, three of them rush you. Okay. Um, and they all kind of uh, crowd around you, and they slash out with um, pieces of coral that they've wrapped some odd uh, pale leather around as a hilt. Okay. This is going to go well for you. I have good AC for level one, I think, so we'll see. Mine's, mine's 19. What's yours? 18. Wait, are you serious? Because I was... I was... <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter because Mike rolls like a boss. Well, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Here's a question for Mike. Um, I I know in fourth edition ties hit. In fifth edition, do ties hit? It's meter B to think. Okay. So that will be uh, two attacks will hit me out of three. Do you have your shield up? I do have my shield up. Okay, perfect. And so I you have... and I have chain mail on, which gives me a total of eighteen AC. So the um the these coral clubs beat at you, and they kind of rip as they're tearing away. Uh, and it's really disturbing to have these guys come all up at you. Um, several of the uh, the crude coral clubs um, wind up impacting your skin a little bit. Um, let's see how much they hurt. All right, cool. So it's a flat flat value, it looks like. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't... Um... You heal for one point of damage. <laughs> <laughs> Each attack has a minimum of one. Heals you. So... Uh... So uh, I, they're barely glancing blows. You can you can barely feel them. So I take, in fact, you get the shield into uh, and they're you're picked to partially uh, intercept the blows. So I take two damage. Two damage. Oh, I'm whatever. I'm I'm fine. Still got eleven hit points. Um. Uh, next up are the rest of the goblins. So have uh, this happen. Um, we'll start off with purple guy here. For some reason, I didn't turn on their nameplates. So I have no idea who that is. Boom. That'd be me. So uh, you haven't gone yet. Initiative order. Uh, the sea goblin or shark creature, whatever the hell we're going to call these things. Uh, he also attacks you. This is what looks like the, the cartilaginous bone of some sort of undersea shark. That's pretty baller. It's his father's jawbone. Tooth. That's a. Uh, <clears throat> and he doesn't really seem to know how to use it very well. Um, 
Either that or you're just that badass, but he just goes sprawling out when he tries to thrash at you with it. Um, as you haven't gone yet either, so it's going to be the same thing. Yep. Come at me, bro. Advantage on attack rolls against any target that has a lower initiative. So I'll roll twice and take the higher result. Six is the higher result in this case. I does a seven hit your AC? <laughs> no, somehow. So despite trying to jump you, um, you have no problem fending off the attacks of the clumsy sea goblin. Uh, last but not least, this guy has uh, what this looks like was once the locking mechanism of a treasure chest, and he's hauled it on an end of a rope, and he's flailing it at um, this guy in the end here, whose name I have not yet learned. Flint. Flint. Uh, it's withdrawing. Uh, so nine is a higher roll. He's advantage against you. Um, does a nine hit your AC? No. Uh, it's pathetic. Uh, it might as well be a sock full of pennies. I'm still asleep. Just taking on my armor. <laughs> Next up is Faz. Cool. I have to figure out the rules for not getting punched in the face. So, he disengages uh, a full action. You can yeah. just walk away from him. Yeah, I'd rather burn it to death. But then I might get bonked for... Yeah, I don't know. Damage. Casting in close range, they really didn't see any rules no, for it. It's only moving uh, out of reach. making a ranged attack. Yeah. I'd be making a ranged attack all up in his grill. Actually, let me look up burning a, hands A ranged quick. attack at melee range does not provoke an opportunity attack, but you are at disadvantage, so you would have to roll two and take the lower one. Yeah. Um, also, I'm pretty sure Burning Hands is like a touch power, since you are, have Burning Hands. Oh. Yes. Uh, it is a cone no? of some description. I'm trying to find it here. Cone of shame. Burning Hands. Still uh, 15-foot cone. So, is there any way that I can hit, say, the dude, the sea goblin all up in my grill, and maybe a couple others? Yes. Without burning any allies? Without burning any allies? <laughs> I'll see you hit three easy. Okay. Uh, so that is... Each creature must make a dexterity saving throw. So I'm going to spend one of my spell slots and see if I can't trivialize this encounter for us. Uh, so it's a dex saving throw, and the target is 14. Is there, any, is there ever any way to increase the DC of those rolls? Uh, they, they increase with my level, my stat, okay. and the spell level. So one saves. Uh, they take 3d6 damage, except for the one that saves, which takes half. Jesus Christ. Roll 3d6 once. Uh, you incinerate the three of them. All three of them. What the fucking uh, wizards? They have, uh, they've never seen fire before. They shrink away from it. And the one that catches... Uh, to the two that get the full brunt of it, they go up like a torch. It's like their oily skin conducts the fly, fire oh. extra well. Uh, the third that shies away from the flame and almost gets away, he still gets one of uh, the little scorching rays on his arm. And before he knows that the entire thing is up in fire, he's belching black smoke and running around in circles screaming. Woohoo, burning hands on the wooden ship. Cool. Um, <laughs> he, he, yeah. Uh, Faz is gonna sort of, like, blow out his fingers like a boss, because he's a boss. On a scale from 1 to 10, how delicious does this smell? Chris asking um, all the important questions. I have a feeling it smells like, you know, gasoline or something. There's one coughing up black smoke. Well, I figure you're, you're cooking fish people, right? So that's probably delicious. Fish are more delicious when raw. That's that's the Cajun one. He's just black. So does Faz have, like, a finger gun that he just blows off? Like That's, that's what I did, yeah, with both of them. <laughs> uh, the captain starts hollering from somewhere beyond the fray. Oh, God, fire! Boom. I'm um, just looking up this spell quickly. Uh, so Thom, Thom uh, points his warhammer at one of the uh, other sea monkeys that's engaged to Marcus and uh, shouts out something like, by the holy light be purged, and casts Guiding Bolt. And that is a ranged spell attack. Da, da, da. Okay, so range spell—that's still—is that used 
your spellcasting ability still, or is that actually dex? You're considered proficient with the spell, so it's 1d20 plus your uh, 2, I think, in this case. 20, very nice. Assuming that. A natural 20 probably hits, yes. (laughs) Well, it's not a natural, but yeah. Yeah, close. She takes nine damage. So, um, for a brief moment, it's like a, um, it's like a white, uh, a half-transparent white hawk flies from your hammer, striking the goblin full in the chest, and he just evaporates into molten light. That's <laughs> pretty gangster. I love how Guiding Bolt does more damage than any other attack that any of us have access to. I do it, it, it like, with oh, hammer, and it gives them advantage on the next attack if the thing is still alive. Yeah. See how to vanish to his corpse right now. That'd be great. Dwarf. You see an opportunity before you. Is it, uh, am I up? Yep. Alright, uh, well, um, I have a javelin. I'm gonna pull it out and stab the guy. <laughs> Just spear that fucker off of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fish bobs. So it's a, a strength check with the javelin, so it's uh, 1d4 plus 4. Uh, D20 plus whatever your strength modifier is. Um, do you know if your character is proficient with javelins? Uh, he should be. It's a simple weapon. Okay, yeah, then uh, you add another 2 to it as well. So it should be plus 6, I believe. Alright, so uh, it's a 14. Yeah, you've got no problem hitting the uh, the tiny creature. Because you're not seeing particularly trained for combat with your uh, thrown weapon. So, uh, I'm a duelist, so I have one hand weapon, so I'm going to get a 1d6 plus 6. And <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so the good news is that you hit what you're aiming at. The better news is that you pinned it to the deck. Yeah, so your uh, javelin goat rips right through the creature like it's made of uh, wet paper and shea, and uh, pins him to the mast behind him. And he gurgles a black substance that bubbles out of his toothy maw as he scrabbles pitilessly at the javelin that has him pinned like some sort of bug underneath a uh, bug collection hit. Flint, there's one left. I think that's a challenge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Flint just kind of looks over at what everybody else was doing, looks down at his hammer, and feels kind of disappointed, but he's still going to try to take a swing at the last one in front of him. 23 versus AC. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that might land. You want me to bring the hammer down? That's pretty much the only way it goes. So, 12 <laughs> damage to him. Oh, ow. <laughs> Flint's starting to feel a little bit better about himself. Let's talk about how death works in 5th edition. If you're reduced to zero hit points, if you take enough damage that uh, is equal to your hit points again, you die regardless. He had three hit points. So D to 12 to him, which is four times the number of hit points he has. You bring the hammer so hard down upon his head that um, his pathetically his pathetic body pops apart. His limbs go flying. And uh, this blackish black liquid spills out of him, popping him like a meat balloon. Meat balloon. That's what I was going for. <laughs> no, it's soy sauce with their sushi. <laughs> For the one that's pinned up against the mast. Now we have seasoning. Maybe sprinkle some of this dead one on top of the other one. I was going to say, like, like a marinara sauce-filled balloon. Have you guys seen the soy sauce cuttlefish video? Thankfully, no. <laughs> no. Yes, and it is terrifying. Basically, in... in uh, I want to say it's Japan. Doc, I'm not don't, 100%. don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah. Quick this. I'm going to put it on the stream so anybody can watch it. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't spoil it. Everybody watch it. I have a question about what I could have done. Yes. Like, instead of moving, would I have been able to attack and take my shield out? Or only one of the two? Only one of the two. Okay. I have a question. When you said this guy attacked me, you said he had a key at the end of a rope he was hitting me with? Uh, he had a lock. Oh, okay. Lock and end of rope. Alright, so... um. This was a trivial task for you guys. In less than six seconds, you've slaughtered the creatures before you, burned them to a crisp, pulped them down with your hammer, pinned them to the deck, or stood there looking foolish. But regardless, the creatures are all killed. Furthermore, um, you've done it with such style, with such flair, that you can only wonder at how anyone around you is being cut to ribbons by these pathetic little creatures. But sure enough, um, 
most of the sailors in the boat are uh, being swarmed with the things. They're attacking, they're swarming over the guys, pulling them down. Their little sharky teeth are lashing out at their faces and throats. Uh, coral clubs are breaking knees and shattering elbows. You can only imagine the carnage going on below decks. Okay, as we did our, we killed our six. Time to relax. Is the captain still alive that we can see? Uh, the captain has two swords out and he's fighting valiantly, keeping uh, a full dozen of them at bay. Additionally, the deck in front of you is on fire, and flames are beginning to lick up the mainmast. Oh God, fire! It's a good thing I can minor illusion that problem way, so nobody has to know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the way to the captain's quarters, or is that the other way? It's the other way. The captain is in the bow of the ship. You're behind. Uh, you're towards the, the rear of the ship. Stern, you fucker! It's a stern. Defend us while I steal your shit. No, I'm not going to steal his crap. That would be that'd be low even for me. Uh, I'm actually going to use minor illusion to yell out fire, like really fucking loudly, so that hopefully some of the survivors actually pay attention and start putting out the fire on our boat, which is actually a very big problem, especially if we have storms of gunpowder for our cannons. Uh, you hear, so grab a bucket and put it out, you lazy bum. <laughs> <laughs> really wishing I had Mage Hand right now, because holding a bucket does not sound like something my, my six-strength uh, wizard a would be bucket? good at. Uh, Flint is just gonna kind of put his foot on top of one of the fish and just kind of try to wipe it over the fire, hoping to put fish it out that flammable. way. Fish was flammable. They're idea. oil. They're flammable. <laughs> <laughs> um, intelligence. Are six. there any readily available barrels or buckets or any sort of fire extinguishing things? I would suppose they would have something like that on deck. Yeah, there are. There are. There are dozens of both, um, plenty of buckets, plenty of barrels, and there is ropes everywhere to be had. So it should be of no problem to cast some ropes into the okay. water. Yeah, well, I'm going to do that and find any spare cloth we have, and you know, as we get the, the buckets and stuff pulled up, dip them into the water and kind of throw them on the fire. All right, uh, give me... What kind of check would you... Um, I would say probably... Uh, it's probably going to be something athletics-wise to pull the buckets up and all that kind of stuff, huh? Okay, if you want. I d you tell me how, how you're... Um, well, I'm going to maybe try to... Ooh, ooh, okay. So, I'm going to lead the rope, uh, I'm, I'm going to like tie it around me, and then I'm going to shimmy up the mast, and then I'm going to jump down all acrobatic-like and use my weight as a thing to lift the buckets out more easily. Oh, hi, Mark. Because You're snap your spine. I'm much more acrobatic than I am athletic. I work. I work agile, not strong. Okay, so you're going to uh, do some backflips as no, you throw okay, water so or something. I, I get the rope. I throw the bucket in the water, and to get it out, I'm gonna climb up the the mast, and I'm gonna get on a little cross beam thing, and I'm gonna jump down, holding onto it, and use the. Uh, the mast arm thing and gravity to lift it up. Gravity? <laughs> Alright, that sounds like a, a moderate difficulty. Check this. Hit me 15. 20 plus. Luckily, I am double proficient in acrobatics. 25, son. Alright, so despite this, this seems highly improbable, uh, Viren proves his usefulness by uh, flipping up the main mast, jumping down, he wraps the rope around him, and he flings himself out into the air like a gentle dove, and the bucket goes flying up into the air, spraying water everywhere, and somehow manages to help put out the fire. Um, Marcus, what are you going to do? The, so does, does the captain need uh, defense with all the dudes he's fighting, or does he look like he can handle himself? Um, he's holding his own, but uh, you don't know for how long, and I, I doubt the captain will yell at you for helping him. Yeah, I, th I think Marcus might go <laughs> and try and help the captain, because uh, he... Well, first of all, it kind of looks like this guy's got the fire under control. And second of all... Oh, no, the fire's not under control. Oh, well, I mean, he looks like he's he's handling it, kind of. But uh, Marcus <laughs> Marcus feels like he could he we should deal with the threat of everybody trying to kill us before we try and put out the fire, so we don't Fair get enough. stabbed in the back. All right, there's a couple a couple of these creatures between you and them. What are you going to do? Are you going to barrel right through them, or are you going to try to kill them on the way? Um, yeah, let's try and kill them on the way. 
is there um, because I'm not familiar with all the actions I can take? Is there a way to like charge one of the creatures so I can attack them running at them? You know what? Um, I, so this is a little bit of me deviating from the rules as written, but it's cinematic and fun. So why don't you just give me a strength check? If you want to charge at one of them specifically, I'll give you an advantage at that strength check. Okay. So yeah, you uh, you you charge. Which kind of weapon do you get? I that? have a war pick actually, but I since I'm charging him, I think I might just like smash him with my shield. Like, because, you know, my uh, Marcus is, you know, 250-some pounds of man wearing, like, 40 pounds of armor. So he just runs full bar- bore and knocks the shit out of this guy, this sea yeah. monkey. You send him sprawling, and uh, you crush him to the deck, and then you stomp him on the way to the captain. So you have and, uh, one sailor who was looking haggard, uh, defending himself with nothing but a... Um, a bucket nods his thanks and turns to his fellow to try to pull one of the carnivorous sea monkeys off of him. Uh, Faz, uh, you seem to have created a bit of a stir. I do that. Unfortunately, I don't have much to, you know, put out fires or be strong at things. Um, using my intelligence, I'm going to develop a very cunning pulley system with ropes so that I don't have to expend much energy. <laughs> We should put cold fire on the hot fire. To get buckets of warm... Of, uh, of warm water? Of, of warm, warm, <laughs> warm fire, fire into that fire, because I fight fire into with the fire. Water. Of water. Yes, press to digitate the fire so it's not hot. I can't. I don't have press to digitation. Oh, if only you had picked that. If only you had one more hull. I thought you were a wizard. <laughs> Some wizard you are. Maybe wizard of the coast, but no wizard of the sea. God, Mike. I have minor illusion dick off. Wait, you have a minor illusion dick off? <laughs> Just like a floating dong? Yes. <laughs> that seems that seems generally useless. Obviously. All right. So, um, Kamita, roll. It's, that seems not quite as complicated as the uh, flying swan dive that Varen did. So, give me a ten. Kong fucking power twenty-one. Or if that sounds something like the uh, the water tribe has. Uh, so you got no problem um, uh, doing your super intelligent use a pulley system to make it so that you can pull more water. Uh, and uh, sure enough, you're helping put out the fire that you helped start. Why it helped start? You did it all yourself. I think some credit, credit is credit due is to the hideous sea monkeys who were oddly flammable <laughs> for being submerged in water. Almost. Uh, it's almost like it's almost like the GM made that up on the fly. Boom. Uh, is there any of uh, the humans that look like they're uh, uh, in a bad way, like uh, dying? Uh, there's a there's a uh, privateer uh, who looks like he's had his throat half torn out, and his eyes are blinking as he uh, stares up into the 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 black sky, and he reaches up trying to keep the blood in his throat. Okay, I'm gonna go to him, assuming that the path is clear, and use my spare the dying cantrip. Cool. Does that kill him? It stabilizes him to zero HP. Oh, okay. So he's stable. Spare the dying sounds like, uh, you know, blood for the blood god. <laughs> uh, so you just reach out, touch his brow, and say, you will live? You sure. Infuse him with the holy light. Oh. Orf, uh, there may be a problem that javelins can't solve, but you haven't found it yet. <laughs> Attack the fire. Um... <laughs> So how many uh, of these shark goblins are uh, left? Uh, possibly two dozen. Hmm. It's like a really good throw. Um, Impale all two dozen <laughs> with that throw. I'm going to uh, um, try to run towards them and throw a javelin at the closest one. Okay. Uh, give me a good old strength check. Oh yeah, go ahead. Alright, let's see here. That's pretty powerful. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely easily um, enough to uh, you get you start running down them, and there's one that uh, close enough to the edge. You give him boot, kick him right off. Um, he can probably swim, but he's not on the ship right now. And then there's another one that gets close enough that you jab in the face with your javelin. 
Oh, damage. Yeah, you don't need to roll damage. It's all right. All right. This is kind of a, an epic action sequence where the characters are running around the deck trying to put out the fire, and there's a bunch of uh, mooks that they're just booting around. Flint. Uh, so are there any barrels that are full of water already on the deck? Full of water on deck. That it might be able to heave and smash against one of the fish things that's near a fire? While, sol- well, yeah, while simultaneously trying to break the barrel of water? So if this was fate, I'd say spend a fate point. If this was Edge of the Empire, I'd say flip a destiny point. Uh, this is D&D 5e, so, so no. we're going to call this... Uh, Jesus, what's funny about Dungeons & Dragons? We... Dragon points. Dragon point. Dragon point. Inspiration. Dragon point. Yeah, there you go, dragon points. Here, I'm going to... Yes, you can flip a dragon point <laughs> to the ugly side. You flip a dragon point to the Monty Cook side. Oh! <laughs> oh! That's way better than what I had, yeah. <laughs> That's all of him! I was gonna say flip it to where his asshole is showing. <laughs> so, do you want me to roll uh, athletics for yeah, that or something? Check. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no! You wasted it! That is a critical fail. It was a drinking water, damn you. <laughs> it's okay, the barrel didn't even break. It's, 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 not, it's not just the drinking water, it's also all of our booze. <laughs> well, unless it's, fact, it unless it's above a certain point of alcohol, it won't burn. It's the gunpowder barrel. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, we don't have gunpowder in this setting. Thank we God. do actually have gunpowder in this setting. <laughs> Well, we do. It's half gunpowder, half vodka yeah. for easy storage. We have cannons on the front of the ship, you idiot. Of course we have gunpowder. We, we, we have cannons. That's just for the wizards to load fireballs in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wizards just go... And Quickly, so, wizards, blow the cannons. My first pass at the <laughs> setting, uh, when you guys, when the, the naval oh battle God, occur, yes. would occur, uh, they would bring out the cannons, and it would just be wizards that were strapped to a plank. <laughs> with like you know, a bag over their head and they would pull out the bag and the wizard would be all and just belch fire forward. but that seems unnecessary oh fucking yes so we're basically Sarah Boss from DA2 you breed them you, you breed wizards They're and falcons asleep, and they only attack when you take them no actually the wizards take care of that on their own okay um uh, Flint, uh, you grab the nearest barrel at hand, you heave it at the fire. Unfortunately, the barrel was of rum, uh, and besides having angering the sailors around you, it does slightly spread the fire. I, just, I point at the wizard. He threw it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make me a bluff check. Give me charisma. Seriously? Yeah. I'm not openly a wizard, uh, you fuck. Okay. Bluff is a... So, deception? I'm yeah, not sure if it's bluff. Deception charisma. Okay. That is a zero. Another boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 so everybody stares at you. Everybody now thinks you're the original source of the fire. Right. Not only that, but uh, the sea goblins stop to take a look at you and they just shake their heads. No, that's just, I mean, we're, we're eating these people, and we're embarrassed. <laughs> when I said he did it, I accidentally pointed at myself. He did it. Wait, shit. Can, can I just mage hand him off to somebody now? recruit him and not tell the rest of us? <laughs> uh, Varen, uh, your last little acrobatic trick seems to be very effective, but um, and you guys are making headway, but it looks like the sails are in danger of catching a light, and if that happens, you'll be dead in the water. How thick are these sails? Like, actually, no, I'm not... About the thickness of sails. Okay. Okay, so about the sails width. Okay, um, <laughs> thick, thick canvas sheeting. They're um, as big as a sail. My original plan was to swing dramatically and cut the sails down onto the fire and let them oh, smother Jesus, the God. fire. That's brilliant. That. In hindsight, I'm not gonna do. Or I guess this is foresight. No, no. no you, Chris, don't, you don't want to do that. GM, the GM demands you do that now. Chris, you're not proficient in boat, are you? <laughs> Chris, roll a saving throw Chris, against roll well stupid or roll bad. <laughs> Those are still going to catch on my, fire. Okay, look, you look, do not have I tried that earlier. I want to let you know that I'm acting as my character would because he has an intelligence of eight. 
Can I? That's only slightly below. Yeah, average. seriously. Right. Can I fucking? This is go... only a slightly below average idea. <laughs> no, it really isn't. This is. Like it's only a slightly above me. Idea. So, how many of these goblin guys are left, approximately? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Um, having played enough Assassin's Creed, I'm going to grab that rope that is uh, just one of the ones that's always hanging off of the mast. I'm going to swing and leap at the right time and stab my rapier uh, through one of these dudes as I land on him. All dramatic-like. Okay. First roll me a d2. Oh, good. That D&D podcast is released under Creative Commons 2.0, attribution, non-commercial, no derivative license. Tell your friends about us, don't chop out the good stuff, don't sell our work. The intro music is The Last Ones by Jazar, that's J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, It can be found at the Free Music Archive. The outro music is Kopika, K-O-P-E-I-K-A, by X, that's E-T underscore, and can also be found at the Free Music Archive. Dungeons and Dragons and the D&D logo is a registered trademark of Wizards of the Coast. All of their copyrighted content is owned by their associated copyright holder. 